0: to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance axis deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber Get some Axis Deer Sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order.
1: I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You. Can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MeatEater for 10% off your purchase. From MeatEater's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana. This is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal.
0: A giant extinct bristle worm with snapping jaws has just been identified. The previously unknown creature was identified recently by a scientific team from the University of Bristol, Lund University in Sweden, and the Royal Ontario Museum. Apparently, said giant jawed worm lived about 400 million years ago and though the sample containing the critter was collected by the Ontario Geological Survey in 1994 and stored at the Royal Ontario Museum, scientists just figured out what it was. Bristle worms are polycates. Polycate meaning many bristles. So remember that next time you see your ma pushing a broom. There are more than 8,000 known polychaetes, including fireworms, bristleworms, clamworms, lugworms, sea mice, and feather dusters. The jaws of this particular fossilized bristleworm are the largest ever recorded at just over one centimeter in length. To put that in perspective, this worm's jaws were half as long as the width of your index finger, roughly. That may not sound as impressive as you or even I had hoped but the scientific name may still wow you. This newly identified species has been named Websteropian Armstrongy. Armstrong being the name of the man who collected the samples back in 1994, and Webster from Alex Webster, the lead singer of Cannibal Corpse, the uh, death metal band who the researchers described as, quote, a giant when it comes to handling his instrument. I guess ancient worm researchers really like to party hardy. Good for them. This week we're going to talk bad publicity stunts, carp, blood-sucking leeches, and lots of other stuff. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. Currently, as in right this second, I'm sitting here watching the sunrise on Lake Buchanan in Tennessee in a, uh, you know, nice mobile uh, hotel room, which is uh, pretty cool, but that's a story for later. Back to what I really want to talk about, I met up with my folks and did some camper camping, which, given the intensity of the mosquito population, was a really nice treat and a really nice change. We fished a small stream that, 20 years ago, was chock full of brook trout, but now seems to be inhabited primarily by brown trout. The fishing was good, the browns didn't appear to be too numerous, and they didn't come up and hit just anything. Plus, you know, I caught a big one. You guys probably already knew that. Yes! I also found a few chunks of bison bones and possibly a fossilized bison tooth. I'm waiting to see if I can get that formally identified. Stay tuned. The other neat thing I picked up was a parasite. While wading the stream, a bloodsucker, also known as a leech, attached itself to me. It had been quite a while since I'd seen a live leech, let alone been a host to one. There are about 650 different types of leeches, the largest of which is the giant Amazon leech, which can grow to 18 inches in length and live for 20 years. A leech's body has 34 segments. They also have 32 brains and three jaws, each of which have tiny, sharp teeth. They're hermaphroditic, meaning, of course, that they have both male and female sexual organs, but they reproduce sexually. As in, no matter who shows up to the party, they, you know, party. (coughs) Leeches produce their own unique anticoagulant called herudin, which prevents the blood of their host from clotting as they suck it out. Leeches come in two types. One feeds on small animals like invertebrates and the other feeds on blood. The invertebrate eaters use their suckers as anchors to hold themselves in place in a lake or stream and snag small critters as they pass by. These leeches need to feed every other day or so. The blood suckers, or hematophagous leeches, don't have to feed as often because they can gorge themselves when attached to a host. Blood sucking leeches can consume three to five times their body mass in blood. After a large feed, some species can survive for a year between meals. If you're getting a little queasy with all this leech talk, remember this leeches make for some of the best bait available. They stay on the hook better than worms, are easier to keep alive than minnows, and best of all, walleye, bass, crappie, and even pike love them. All I can say is the critter I pulled from my leg was interesting to check out and release back into the water. All it cost on my end was a bit of blood, and as before mentioned, that meal of me may have saved the next angler or water waiting critter from being snacked on like a pay it forward type uh, angling blood bank type scenario. All right, moving on, jumping in here with a few quick hitters. Predators create what's called a landscape of fear, meaning that their presence on the landscape influences the behavior of other species that are afraid of them. When you think of the top predators in North America, you probably picture bears and mountain lions, but there's another predator even farther up the food chain. That would be us the humans. And a new study indicates that those other predators are well aware of this hierarchy. It also suggests that mountain lions aren't that into poetry. A team of researchers from the University of Santa Cruz set up speakers in the mountains. These speakers played soothing human voices, reading poetry at regular intervals. Large cats avoided the area when human voices were playing, while medium-sized carnivores like bobcats, skunks, and opossums became more nocturnal or fed less often. Mice and rats, on the other hand, took advantage of the lack of predators and started foraging more boldly. So when you're out hiking with someone and having yourself a friendly chat, even a chat that is intended to soothe or maybe even seduce human ears, no matter how soothing or seductive you think you may be, just know that you're creating a landscape of fear for any predators who may live in the area. Hello. (laughs) Ah! Also kind of says something about uh, the residents of Santa Cruz. Those large carnivores have good reason to fear us. Case in point, a Michigan man shot and killed a gator last week. The guy was out collecting minnows for bait when he turned around to see a six-foot gator hissing at him, so he shot it. This wouldn't be all that noteworthy unless you were paying attention to the state that I mentioned. Michigan. Not exactly what you'd call traditional gator country. Local deputies determined that the animal had escaped from a neighboring property where they also found emus, tortoises, rattlesnakes, and a couple more gators. Turns out that this is a legal activity in that part of Michigan where there are no statutes about keeping alligators. In case you're thinking this is random, one-off event, think again. This was the 10th incidence of loose alligators being killed or captured in the Midwest in the past month. Yankees be warned, gator precautions don't end at the Mason-Dixon line anymore. Also, keep your eyes peeled if you're in the Orange County, North Carolina area. An elusive 5-foot-tall 100-pound emu is on the loose and has evaded authorities for over three weeks. Emus are the highly resilient, flightless birds of Australian origin. They can reach 6 foot in height, run over 30 miles an hour, and go several days without food or water. Another interesting fact about emus is that aboriginals have been making calls and calling them in for tens of thousands of years. So, maybe these North Carolina turkey and duck callers need to get in this game. Be the first kid on your block to call in a 100-pound turkey. Not too far from Australia, you'll find a place called New Zealand, an island nation of beauty and romance, and this year, it seems to be extra heavy on the romance front, for parakeets anyway. The orange-fronted parakeet was thought to be extinct until they were rediscovered 25 years ago. That's what we refer to as a Lazarus species around here. Due to huge abundance of beech seeds this season, the birds are so flush in food that mating pairs are producing up to five clutches of eggs instead of the usual one or two. This is a concern I have about traveling to New Zealand, the general fecundity of the place. I have at least one buddy who came back from a vacation there pregnant. And this story just reinforces my suspicion. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meatfabric.com slash cal. That's meetfabric.com slash cal. M E E T fabric.com slash cal. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions.
1: Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER.
0: We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Moving on to our stupid stunts with wildlife desk. Over in foggy London town, two men apparently attempting to protest veganism were convicted of disorderly conduct for publicly eating whole, as in the hide and fur were still attached, raw squirrels. This display took place in front of a vegan food shop located in an outdoor market in London's Soho district. The pair of so-called protesters were found guilty of disorderly behavior, likely to cause harassment, alarm, or distress. One of the protesters wore a shirt that read, veganism equals malnutrition, while he attempted to chew through a raw squirrel. So, now you know that happened. That's not the only publicity stunt gone bad recently. Last week, Bush Beer announced that they'd be erecting a one-day-only pop-up bar in Mark Twain National Forest. Bush said that anyone who found the bar would be awarded with beer and merch and that one lucky hiker would win a lifetime supply of Bush Light. Great idea, terrible execution. Bush only planned for a few hundred fans to show up, but got a few thousand instead. Complaints started brewing on social media almost immediately. Attendees reported that the free merch was gone within 30 minutes. Every hiker only got a single beer, temps topped 100 degrees, and the trailhead got so crowded that droves of people were turned away. One Facebook commentator complained,
1: I left my vacation a day early and drove 14 hours overnight
0: for no merch and warm beer. Another said, On the trek back, I got heat exhaustion and had to be taken to my car. Was it worth it? No. Many were quick to declare the Bush pop up as the beer brand's very own hashtag firefest. Not all was lost, though. Bush promised to plant thousands of trees and donate thousands of dollars to the National Forest Foundation. Cheers to them for bringing beer to the conservation table, even if it was warm and there weren't enough of them. Sticking with bad ideas on public lands, Buffalo and Yellowstone are offering free rides this month. That's a horrible joke, but true in a way. A nine-year-old girl was just tossed in the air by a bull bison near Old Faithful Geyser. A big bull bison will tip the scales at over 2,000 pounds and stand over six feet tall at the shoulder. Bison can sprint at speeds up to 30 miles an hour and have repeatedly demonstrated their irritable dispositions. Over the years, numerous rental cars and an unfortunate number of tourists have learned this the hard way in Yellowstone. These incidents are usually preventable and almost always precipitated by people either getting way too close or not yielding to bison when they approach. In this most recent case, witnesses at the scene estimate 50 people were surrounding the bison before it charged and that some of the crowd were within 5 to 10 feet of the bull for 10 minutes or more. I've also read multiple reports of people trying to pet the bison. Once again, it seems folks coming to Yellowstone are confusing national parks with theme parks where the rides stay on tracks and the animals are designed to thrill, not kill. The Park Service recommends that visitors to Yellowstone stay at least 25 yards away from large animals such as bison, elk, bighorn sheep, and deer. Here's my public service announcement, or PSA as we call it in the biz. 25 yards isn't nearly far enough. To reiterate, a 2,000-pound buffalo can sprint up to 30 miles an hour. Grizzly bears can hit 60 miles an hour, and the recommended do-not-cross distance is 100 yards. Again, way too close, in my opinion. Even though we're talking about a park situation where these animals have lost some of their wild, that doesn't make them domesticated or automated, for that matter, and they have every right to defend their personal space. I'm not celebrating little girls being thrown in the air by bison or hikers getting mauled by bears, but when these things happen, a part of me raises an eyebrow and thinks, hey, at least they still got it. All right, moving on, but keeping on the Montana subject line, not all tourists flock to Montana in the summertime to be entertained by quote unquote wildlife. Lots of them just come here to fish for trout. This time of year, many of the locals skip the crowded trout streams to chase a very different fish, one the tourists aren't interested in and might even be a little grossed out by. You know, old rubber lips, scumsuckers, golden bones, pond pigs, bugle mouth bass, brown bombers, yellow belly smallmouth, cyprinus johnson. For those of you who aren't hip to the cool kid slang, I'm talking about carp.
1: <coughs> Bleh.
0: Or, to be more specific, common carp not to be confused with the Asian carp threatening to take over the Great Lakes that I covered in a previous episode. Common carp, or Cyprinus carpio, are considered trash fish here in the U.S., but they got here under the best of intentions. American fish stocks were crashing in the 1800s due to a combination of overharvest and habitat degradation. President Grant created the United States Fish Commission in 1871 to figure out some solutions. In 1877, the commission imported 345 carp and began to encourage carp farming across the country as an alternative to commercial harvest of wild fish. Problem was, Americans never developed a taste for carp. And when the carp farms went bust in the late 1800s, their surplus stock wound up in local waterways. Europeans, on the other hand, love carp. Common carp are native to the Danube River, and while we prissy Americans may shun carp as food fish, they're considered a delicacy over that way. The traditional Christmas Eve meals in Hungary, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Austria, Germany, and Poland all involve carp meat prepared in some fashion. Fun fact, many families in Central Europe actually keep their Christmas carp alive in the bathtub for several days before killing and preparing them. When was the last time you had a relationship like that with your food? This tradition probably dates back to the days before refrigeration, but some people claim that keeping them in clean water for a few days flushes the meat and makes it taste better. Folks will also keep scales from their Christmas carp in their wallets all year to bring good luck. Anyway, though common carp originally hail from Central Europe, they're now widespread across the entire continent, and for that, we can thank the Roman Empire. When the Romans invaded the Danube region, they discovered the perfect protein source for armies on the move. They carried loads of carp with them in earthen pots as they traveled west and distributed the fish all the way over to the UK. These days, anglers in the UK take carp fishing very seriously. The British get so fired up about carp that record carp catches make national headlines. The best carp lakes are private and stocked with specially selected specimens bred to reach massive size all the biggest carp in the country, those over 30 pounds, are known to anglers who give them names like Big Rig, Green 124, and Captain Jack. These fish are caught repeatedly and reweighed in heated attempts to best the national record that currently stands at 68 pounds one ounce. That fish, named the Parrot, was caught again a couple months later and only weighed 64 pounds 14 ounces. When the Parrot died in 2017, the whole British angling world mourned. There's an entire industry in Britain focused on carp fanatics that makes carp-specific rods, reels, bait, tackle. These things called landing mats, which, you know, if you imagine a slip and slide that you place on the bank and drag your catch-up onto, that, that's a landing mat. They even make carp fishing tents so you can, you know, set a few lines out, stretch out in comfort while you wait for that bell to ring. No matter what the weather, you know, you're going to be carp fishing, seems like a lot of effort and expense to catch a carp to me the whole approach runs counter to everything that I personally love about carp fishing culture namely that it's accessible cheap unassuming and just you know a little bit dirty kind of a blue collar kind of fishing then again that's probably just me being uh, an American and we now know what Americans will do for a warm bush light so who are we to judge Thanks for listening to Cal's Week in Review. Remember to subscribe and hit that furthest right-hand star wherever podcasts are streamed or downloaded. If you want to get in touch, shoot me an email at ASKCAL at TheMeatEater.com. Tell me how I'm doing, what I got wrong, and most importantly, what you want to know more of. Talk to you next week. just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance Axis deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I. Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order.
1: I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.